This is Your Working Life, a show that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. I'm a career and executive coach, and today I welcome Molly Beck to the show. Molly, welcome. Hi, how are you, Caroline? I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I'm really excited to have a conversation with you today, Molly. You're going to talk about how the simple strategy of expanding your network has increased your influence and career success. And I want to get started because you did something so courageous and incredibly cool. Every workday for six years, you emailed someone new every day to build your network. So tell me how you started yeah, that's such a good question. And you know what? It's coming up on seven years, if you can even believe wow. it. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy um, brilliant. <laughs> so, you know, like most people, I had been occasionally emailing people. If someone said, oh, you should really connect with blah, blah, or if there was an author who I really loved, I would email them. But it was certainly not something I was doing on a regular basis. And then I was at a party one night in, let's say, probably early 2011, and I was talking to someone And it just sort of hit me like a ton of bricks that, you know, he was talking about sort of the success he was having in his field, which I think was like consulting or something. And like, it just hit me that he wasn't having success because he was necessarily so much smarter than me. It was just because he knew sort of more or different people than I did. And so, you know, I'm sort of chewing this over in my head. And I, I remember, I think I met him on a Saturday night and I was thinking about it all day Sunday. And I decided that on Monday morning, I would start meeting new people. And the way I would do that would be by just emailing them. And, you know, now looking back, there's a lot of reasons why email is great. It's a nice way to sort of have someone's contact info. It rarely changes. I'm like a social platform. You can always reply to the thread later. Right. But really, I chose email because I could do it at my day job sort of discreetly and just have, you know, my Gmail open, send an email. And then I decided I would do it every day. So I put RO, which was short for reach or is short for reach out on my calendar, 915 every morning. I still have it there. Um, I only do it during the week, Monday to Friday. I give myself Saturday, Sunday off. Um, But yeah, now it's been, you know, seven years later. And you know, what's insane is that probably around year five, I started doing two a day because I was just having success with it. And so tell me what that looks like, though. Are you finding people on LinkedIn or just cool people that you run into in, you know, the way of reading their information or listening Mm -hmm. to a new podcast? You know, how did you seek these people out? a great question. So I have sort of a never-ending list in my notes app on my phone that's anytime somebody, like I hear someone's name or I see someone quoted in a story or, you know, a neighbor, yesterday a neighbor was like, oh, my brother-in-law works in advertising too. Anybody that's like that, I put into my phone. And, you know, I honestly think it's a lot like, you know, the gratitude practices where if you, you know, list 10 things or whatever every day you're grateful for, you're always looking for those 10 things. I feel like once you get into this reach out mindset, you're always looking for people to connect with. So my list on my phone now is quite long. I also keep a shorter list in my in a draft folder on Gmail. And then I just choose one for that day. Um, I sort of have some templates that I work off of. The emails are short. They're not super long. And since they're on there every day at 9.15, you know, by, I mean, 9.25, I am done. Pretty much no exception to that. Um, so let and, me ask, though, yeah. do, are people responsive? Do you, do you find that most people respond? You know, I would say overall, yes. You definitely have different levels of responses. The the level that's most likely to get a response would be somebody that I already knew in the past. So, yeah. 
you know, somebody that's going to recognize my name in their inbox is always going to be more likely to respond than sort of a complete and total stranger. Um, and so just knowing that, I try to focus my reach outs a little bit more on someone that's either going to recognize my name, that I've, read very, that I've met very recently, or that we have some sort of mutual connection. I can call out that connection's name in the subject line to sort of grab their attention. And is there an ask, Molly? Are you asking for something? Or is it really just, I want to make your professional acquaintance, let's stay in touch? You know, I would say about half the time I have some sort of specific ask. Usually, though, I'm giving them a compliment and maybe an article or a book recommendation I think they might like. And I really have no specific ask at that time. And it's very interesting because usually even if you don't have a specific ask, the people will come back and say, oh, you know what, blah, blah, blah. Um, Can we hop on the phone to talk more about this? Or I checked out your site and I had a question for you. Usually even if you don't have like a straight up, hey, can you help me? Or hey, do you know? Or, um, you know, do you have any advice on this? People will sort of naturally want to have the conversation keep going if they're open to it and they do respond. Um, And sometimes they come back with a question for you which is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I love you talk about don't ask them, can I pick your brain, right? Because Mm-mm. you say that really, in their mind, involves a lot more time. So walk me through that concept. You know, you don't want to ask somebody, you know, if they're a consultant or if they're somebody who their ideas are their revenue stream, it's a little bit insulting to be like, hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee for $2 and then have you download all your information to me? You want to be respectful of what someone's business is. I think it's okay if you have put a number on it. So um, and make the question really specific. I always say that um, whatever you're doing should be very obviously come from you and very obviously go to them. So you're not going to email someone and be like, how do I start a business? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, that's just a waste of time for everyone. But, you know, if they have a really deep audience and a specific niche that you're interested in, hey, you have a really strong audience in XYZ. What is one tip that you have for building an audience in a similar space? You know, okay. really think a number on it to sort of quantify it. And then it also is very obvious, you know, you're building something where you want to reach that audience. They're already speaking to some sort of deep audience. It's it's easier to make it obvious coming from you to them. So be specific and keep it simple. And, you know, I, I so value that comment of, look, you're not asking people for information that they normally charge for, right? Whether they're the coach or the consultant, because that can be insulting. So keep it simple and make that connection. Absolutely. Yep. I couldn't agree more. You know, I love your uh, fabulous curiosity and, and leading with that has just led to so many new relationships. How has it moved the needle for you on your career? You know, it's moved the needle in a lot of ways. It's one of those things where, you know, once you do it so much, it's like hard to, it's hard to say like, um, it's helped it's helped so much without sounding like a cliche, but it has helped so much. I mean, seven years later of reaching out to people every day, that's thousands of people. I would say some of the most impactful things it's done is it landed me a mentor, Mm. my long-term mentor I met via reaching out. It landed me actually a pretty big social network. Um, The vast majority of my friends in New York City are people that I met through reaching out either, you know, slowly over time. But, you know, my mentor connected me to my now best friend. I have a group of three girlfriends where I met one of them and then the other two met and then we sort of all linked up and now the four of us are great friends. Um, So definitely on the social level, I would say on the career level, it was very helpful and me sort of figuring out what I wanted to do as the next move as I was sort of moving through as I was moving through my career, I realized that everybody I was writing down on my list that I wanted to connect with was sort of running their own consulting business. And I was starting to think, 
you know, everybody I'm talking to, I'm asking them questions about, you know, hey, tell me more about what you do or, oh, this is really interesting that you left full-time work to do consulting. Tell me about that. And it sort of got the wheels turning in a more uh, tangible way in my head that that's what I wanted to do too. Good for you. Good for yeah. you. So is there a way that you, uh, you know, keep this database of extraordinary connections now or are you using LinkedIn? You know, after seven years, you've got hundreds of people with whom yeah. you've communicated. You know, I do try to always connect with people after we've already chatted on LinkedIn, just so I have sort of another way to connect with them besides their email. Yeah. Um, but in general, I, you know, in the book, I talk a little bit about trackers and stuff to use. Those are great if you're just starting out. I haven't, I didn't start that from the beginning. So any trackers that I start are only about probably about maybe two years old. But I really try to search my email first before I send a reach out, just to make sure I haven't already connected with them in some other way. So I'm not like I've, I've had the experience where I email someone, introduce myself, and they say, actually, no, we were on an email chain from three years ago, and it's <laughs> super yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. So I, try, try to do that first. Well done. Good for you. So, Molly, what about follow-up? You know, because that one-and-done relationship uh, is fine and, and can be an interesting start, but the beauty, I think, comes in the follow-up. Do you ping people as a follow-up on a periodic basis or not? could not agree more with what you just said. The beauty is in the follow-up. I mean, that's how you build these lasting connections over time. Yes. I would say that what I try to do is if I have a great back and forth with someone, I just put a, a note on my calendar, like right underneath the um, reach out at 915 for usually like three months from now that just is the person's name. It's a reminder to me to reach out to them. But I also... I really try to follow sort of my own curiosity. Last night I was reading a book before bed and it just sort of reminded me, the person I was thinking of wasn't even mentioned in the book, but it reminded me of someone I connected with about six months ago. And I was like, you know, I really should follow up with him. We had a very short back and forth. There wasn't really a huge action item, but I just was, I, he sort of popped into my head as someone that could be helpful to me in some projects I'm working on. And so he's going to be my reach out for today. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. let me ask, right? I'm putting my career coach hat on. So many people are just afraid. Let me just spell it out of, of networking, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, emailing someone that they don't know well, just sets them into a panic. So how do you walk them through? It's going to be okay. This is the new normal. Mm -hmm. And frankly, it is a smart practice to enhance your career? Mm -hmm. You know, I, what's really funny is that, so I did all these interviews for the book asking people the same thing, like, hey, like, what, you know, everybody knows we should be networking more. Why are more people not doing it? And like the fear of the, like, your stupid email is so <laughs> real. Yeah, I mean, in different words, but almost everyone that was hesitant so they were worried they would get an email back that's something along the lines of, you're stupid, you're dumb, this is, like, why are you emailing me? And what's really interesting is in all my interviews, no one ever mentioned that. I've never gotten that as a response. Um, no one I interviewed that really makes reaching out a part of their life mentioned that, but everybody that's afraid of it mentioned it. So it's a couple of things you can do. The first, which sounds like sort of tough love, and it kind of is, but, you know, send an email to yourself with a subject line being, you're stupid. You'll get it into your inbox. You'll be like, okay, I got an email that says you're stupid. Yeah, it's sent from me, but I got it. I survived. Now we can move past that fear. Like nothing bad happened. Um, <laughs> I love so that. Send, yeah, so send that email to yourself. The second thing is, you know, it's really just exposure. You know, doing something that's scary over and over again. The first reach out you send will be the hardest. And after that, you know, your palms get a little less shaky. And it's also, I think it, I think reaching out is a nice sort of hack. If you live in a rural area or you are not a fan of networking events or, um, 
you know, it's hard for you to maybe leave the house every night to go to a cocktail hour, reaching out is a way that you can meet more people over the, over the internet. And that's sometimes a little less scary than approaching someone in real life. At least it is for me. That makes such sense. Let's talk about the structure of the email. I know you, you talk about this quite a bit in the book, and I'm going to tell people how to get the book very soon. What about uh, the subject line, right? Because just like you said, that's got to be compelling. And it can be the make or break as to whether or not that email is deleted. What do you put in a subject line? So what you put in a subject line is something that's very specific. Stay away from the quick question, the hello, um, anything that's super generic. You want to call out something that they did or something that they do or someone that you know. So something specific, either, hey, heard you heard you yesterday at blah, blah, blah conference name. Hey, just finished uh, blah, blah, and so-and-so recommended I connect you. Something that is like going to catch their eye and is more unique. What you also want to do on a tactical level is you want to capitalize every letter in the subject line. It's called title case. And there's some research around the fact that if every letter in the subject line is capitalized, the response rates and open rates are slightly higher. Wow. Yeah, isn't that interesting? It Um, is. So you'll capitalize every letter, and then you're also going to want to stay away from any sort of word that um, is like urgent or must talk or anything that sort of puts pressure on them. You don't have a relationship with them. It's not appropriate to be emailing them with, you know, time-sensitive questions that's going to be stressing them out. It's interesting, and I I believe you. This is just new to me, so I've learned something great today. But the all caps, to me, is a sense of urgency. But clearly, (laughs) there's a psychology in how we read that. So maybe that is the great way to get them to open up the email. Absolutely. You know what else is really funny? I'm on a uh, listserv of people that work in media and someone had a question about um, a client giving them a late invoice. So the subject line that they used in the email just said late invoice, but every, and like people were responding to the thread and every time I got the email in my inbox, I was like, oh my gosh, I have a late (laughs) invoice. But it was just a question they had about how to handle it, which is kind of funny. So Molly, tell me who's the best audience for this book? Who should be reading it? You know, I think that there are some specific inflection points in your career that the book is helpful. If you're about to graduate, if you're looking to change industries or careers or get a promotion at your current job, anyone who's sort of looking to level up, that's sort of the natural fit. But I would also sort of recommend that networking or building your network is not just about when you need to sort of make a big career shift. It's one of those things where if you're only reaching out because you want to get a new job, that's sort of obvious to the other person. You want to build your network before you need it. So even if you love your current job, but you're thinking in a year, you might want to be looking elsewhere. This is the time now to start making some sort of inroads in new fields to make those connections. So a year from now, you're a top of mind for them for any jobs that pop up on their network, but B, you already have those conversations. So it's less like sort of feels weird to email them and be like, Hey, can you apply me to this job at your company? I agree a hundred percent. Molly, you know, something that I share with people whom I coach who are either questing for that promotion or a career reinvention or maybe even just an opportunity, right, a a job, is be – use reciprocity in your network and say, how can I help you? What can I do for you? Is that something you fold into your initial email as well so it's not just a one-way street? 
Absolutely. Couldn't agree with that more. You always want to say, hey, is there anything I can do for you? What can I help you with? Any projects you're working on? And even call out. If you have a skill set that is, you know, lends itself to easily help someone over the internet, you know, you're good at SEO, you're great at Facebook ads, you can look at resumes, feel free to call out some of your strengths and be like, hey, I'd love to help you. You have a big, maybe you have a big group of friends in a town that they're about to speak in. Hey, could I share your the event you're speaking at on my Facebook page? I have a lot of people that live in Cincinnati or or wherever they are. Um, so yeah, I love the idea of reciprocity and sort of giving first, you know, Adam Grant's research, giving first sort of really endears someone to you. And it's a nice way to also show off what you're good at without being like, I'm amazing at Facebook ads. <laughs> you know, you can be like, hey, I'm great at Facebook ads. Happy to help you. Molly, you are a rock star. I am so <laughs> thrilled that you joined me today on Your Working Life. And I am so grateful for your practical wisdom about influential networking and your book, which I am holding in my hands. And I was telling you, I just love, love, love the design. It is literally dog-eared and highlighted and paper-clipped because I, I keep it as a continuous resource on my desk. It's called Reach Out, the simple strategy you need to expand your network and increase your influence. And of course, it's available on Amazon, but also at your major book retailers. So thank you so much, Molly, and I wish you continued success. Thank you so much, Carolyn. I just wanted to say that I love your working life. It's one of my favorite podcasts, and it's been really an honor to be a guest on it today. Oh, Molly, thanks so much. I appreciate you very much. And I want to tell our global listening audience, if you like the show, subscribe. We're on iTunes and SoundCloud, and certainly leave us a comment or a review because we want to know what career-related issues you have so we can address them on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at Higgins or send me a direct email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. Thanks so much for listening.